Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Joseph Vore Podcast on the JV Podcast Network. Very entertaining show for you guys today. But with that being said, it does start a little heavy on the heart as the Cavalier family lost a great member in Fred McLeod, our play-by-play announcer, um, this past Monday evening. And Fred meant so much to me and so much to Cavalier fans everywhere. So I want to give him a proper tri- uh, proper tribute. So I'm going to do a tribute for him to start off this episode. And then get ready because my good friend Kaylee Cotts is joining me. And we are going to watch, or we have watched, week six, part one of Bachelor in Paradise. And we are going to break down that episode and talk about it with you guys. And then as always, starting this up, I'm going to continue it. Uh, started it last week, going to wrap up with my complaint of the week. So let's get ready for this episode. Listen to some smooth jazz and get ready for the Fred McLeod tribute. Okay, so before I dive too deep into this, just a quick background. If you don't know uh, who Fred McLeod was, He was uh, the Cavaliers play-by-play announcer alongside Austin Carr, Mr. Cavalier, since the 2006-2007 season. He was born in Strongsville, Ohio, and really just just a true Clevelander, a Cavs fan at heart. And, you know, you hear people talk and, you know, he he made his way back home in in his broadcasting career. So it was a big deal for him to be home and especially be, um, calling Cavalier games the years that he did because really years and years when we look back on this these are going to be the glory days these are going to be the peak of the peak for the the Cavaliers um, franchise history and really Cleveland sports altogether. so um, you know why does his passing you know why does Fred McLeod mean so much to me well first off Fred McLeod was the first media member, the first broadcaster that I was really drawn to, that had an influence on me. He, Fred McLeod is the sole reason, and now there, there have been other people along the way who I admire and who I would you know love to meet and be like someday, but guy number one, patient zero for me wanting to get into sports and sports media, it's Fred McLeod. And when he took over in 2006, 2007, I was at a point in my life, I believe I was in third grade, when I was old enough now, and you know I had been watching the Cavs, but that's when I could really, you know, sit there and really understand what was all going on, and I'm starting to remember the players, and you know I'm just really, really into it because it was easy. We had LeBron James, and the team was good, and it was like wow, I want to be him. So when Fred took over in 2006, 2007, he made me want to do his job. I mean, I remember playing NBA 2K in in, in my basement um, all by myself and literally muting the TV and announce the game like I was Fred McLeod and Austin Carr. I'd be going back and forth. I'd be playing both parts, just, you know, seeing if I could do it and totally just stealing their catchphrases and, you know, doing things with the players on the court so I could, you know, reenact some of my favorite calls. And it'd be always so funny because my dad would come down and I'd be so into it, right? And my dad would come down. I had no idea he's standing behind me. He probably at times stood behind me and I had no idea for minutes at a time. And then eventually when there was a little break in the action or whatever, it'd be like, 
Who are you talking to? And I would jump. I'm really jumpy. I'd get scared. I'd be like, oh, another. I, I had no idea what to say. I was so embarrassed. But at the same time, I couldn't stop it. I was so into it. And I don't play video games that much anymore. But still, when I play NBA 2K, it'll uh, it'll it'll come out. And um, wow, it, it just really sucks to have them on because there's just so many so many great memories. I actually met Fred McLeod once. I was at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas in the summer of 2017, and I was walking up to the bathroom from our seats, and he's walking down, and I ran into him, and I noticed him, and I, and I, and I was just like starstruck. You know, you, most people wouldn't be starstruck by a regional broadcast announcer for a basketball team, especially in Cleveland, right? Small market. Um, but I was. I was absolutely starstruck. I, I, I just like jumped. I didn't know what to say, but I knew I, I needed to say something. I wanted to meet this guy. This guy is my, my freaking idol, right? And my hero. And I just went, Fred McLeod. And, and, and he just like looked up at me and I, you know, I, I shook his hand. I'm like, oh, so nice to meet you, Mr. McLeod. You know, my, um, our family, we have Cavs season tickets and, you know, just a huge fan of you, you know, been a, you know, a Cavs fan my entire life. And he just goes, oh, that's great, man. Nice to meet you. He goes, what's your name? And I'm like, oh, my God. I am 19 years old, and I am totally so, so starstruck by this guy that I do everything that you're supposed to do when you introduce yourself to someone, look them in the eye, shake their hand. But what, did I, what didn't I do? Say my freaking name in that moment. I've never been in a situation like that, and I've met some cool people where I just flat out forgot how to properly introduce myself to someone. You would think it's in that moment I forgot my name. I, I kind of lost control a little bit. And still to this day, I've never had an experience like that. But that just made me realize more and more just, you know, how much I appreciated and looked up to this guy. Um, you know, he was just magic on the air calling play-by-play -play along with Austin Carr a true professional and a tireless worker. I mean, for a guy that 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 well-liked and that successful, um, you know, you would always see him when I'm watching the pregame stuff, you know, or the little sound bites from practice. He's there at practice. And obviously the broadcast team travels on the road. He's there early in the morning for shoot around, you know, even though they just got in at 3 a.m. Um, and, and crossed three time zones or whatever it is, you know, and he's there at shoot around. And he's in the locker room after the game. Stuff that he probably didn't have to do, especially at this point in his career, but he did. And um, th that just makes him a greater role model for, for what I want to do in life, uh, you know, in this industry. And, and really what makes this so hard for myself, and I feel like Cavs fans everywhere, is... Now this is going to sound crazy because I've only met him once, but this is like losing a close friend. Maybe even a family member. And it's like I'm losing a significant piece of my childhood and in, in, into my adulthood and through my maturing ages because, you know, I think about it. It's like when LeBron left. I mean, obviously, he's still playing basketball. But all my life, you know, the reason I got into sports was because of, you know, watching LeBron. It was easy to be a fan, right? And when he left the first time, it's like all those memories and now it becomes so nostalgic. Then he comes back and then he leaves again. And it's like, yeah, I kind of got to move on now. Like that point of my life is over now, you know, where I could tune in 
And this goes the same for Fred. I could tune in to a Tuesday night game in February, a game against the Jazz where it doesn't mean a damn thing. But I feel like a kid again for those two and a half hours because I'm watching LeBron James and I'm listening to Fred McLeod. And that's so real. And I feel like that's the same for a lot of people, not only people my age, but people that are older as well. I mean, since 2006, 2007, this guy was in living rooms, you know, through the winter almost every single night when he was on the call for the Cavs. And, you know, I'll never forget some of his famous, uh, famous calls. And it's so funny because, you know, these resonated. These really were, were uh, his signatures because I remember, you know, whether I'm with friends watching a game or we're texting it to each other because we're not together. You know, we're, you know, texting each other when it's at the end of a game and, you know, things get nervous and, you know, you always hear Fred and he always says it. Sweaty palms time. Here we go. It's crunch time. It's sweaty palms time. You know, so when a game is close, I'll text one of my buddies like, hey, here we go. Sweaty palms time. Let's get ready for this. Um, you know, LeBron being from Akron when, you know, he gets a rebound and goes coast to coast. He's burning Akron rubber uh, right down Euclid where someone splits the lane right down the middle for an easy two. Uh, when LeBron would make threes, he would say from three, three oh, like three pointers. And, the, and then the area code for Akron is three, three oh. So that was pretty uh Pretty uh, creative from Fred there. Um, a wine and gold winner. That's another one that's so iconic. Um, sweaty Palms time. 20,562, which is the the uh, the Cavs uh, arena, the Q, now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. That's the capacity. Um, oh, I love when, um, when someone falls over or trips. Uh, he blew a tire or someone shoots an air ball, threw up a medicine ball. Um... I always loved, too, when the Cavs, they would have a pesky win, you know, a win that they didn't deserve to have, but they uh, they stole it from someone. It's good night, insert the city. Don't worry, we'll let ourselves out. Good night, Chicago. We'll let ourselves out. You know, that's that's just something that I'll, I'll never forget, and it's going to suck. It absolutely sucks. Like, we're going to miss out on that, and it's so much more than, you know, a selfish reason, you know, oh, this is entertaining. Now it's not going to be as entertaining anymore. No, 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 that's not... What it is, it's just, it's just the influence he had on me and just everyone out. And um, I, I'm building up to the Game 7 call, obviously. You know what I'm talking about. But another one of my favorite ones, it was a Round 1 game in 2017 against the Pacers at home. Game 2, Kevin Love is absolutely wearing down Deshaun Stevenson. There was a three-minute stretch in that game where Kevin Love just took over. I'm talking going to work on the block, getting to the foul line, taking a charge on defense. Um, you know, he was doing everything. He was doing everything. And he's just absolutely wearing out Lance Stevenson. And if you know anything about Lance Stevenson, um, he's sort of a crowd favorite slash enemy in Cleveland. Sort of a crowd favorite because you're never really worried about him beating you. But he's a guy that's, you know, very animated and you can really, you know, kind of... Uh, you know, there's a lot of sarcastic cheering and some extra loud cheering when he gets a foul or turns the ball over or whatever it is. And Kevin Love just wears him out again, gets to the foul line for like the third time. And Fred just goes, and he's just going crazy, right? And the cue's going crazy. And he's just like, his nickname is Born Ready, but apparently he was born yesterday. And I just remember cracking up. I mean, it was so good, so funny. That's just how good... Fred was, and obviously this is all leading up to 
the Game 7 call. Obviously, it wasn't broadcast on TV, but him and AC were in Oracle that night on June 19th, 2016, when the Cavaliers came back from 3-1 and won the NBA championship. And just his emotion. I mean, like I said, true professional, right? But at the end of the day, and in his heart, he's a fan. And the way that he broke down on air and was just overcome with it and how he just let it happen, it was so pure. It was so genuine. And really what it was, it was super relatable. I remember crying. So many other people cried. And, you know, you know you have influence and and you're a big deal. You, You look out on Twitter, everyone reaching out and tweeting. You know, you saw Dwayne Wade who spent... Very little time with the Cavs. Obviously, Kevin Love, who's still with the Cavs. LeBron sent out a few tweets um, and even quote tweeted that that call from Fred at Game 7. And LeBron talked about, you know, just how much it meant and how it'll never be forgotten and how it was one of the best days of all of our lives. And when he's saying our, he's talking about everyone that's a Cavs fan or, or has ties or lives in Northeast Ohio. It was just so freaking relatable and so... You know, we just got it because he's one of us and he always will be. So what a career for Fred McLeod. Um, cut way too short, 67 years old. I didn't even know he was that old because he was just that good, just that energetic, bringing it every single night. Now, I do have to bust uh, Fred's chops here because let's look at his career. So like I said, 06, 07 on with the Cavs. That's 13 years with Cleveland. He called and sat courtside every single night. For the five best teams in Cavaliers histories, the Cavs have been to the NBA Finals five times. Fred called his first season, they went to the Finals, and then the four years with LeBron the second time around, Fred was there. He witnessed eight of LeBron's 11 years in Cleveland as a part of Fox Sports Ohio. And then before that, he was the Pistons play-by-play from 1984 to 2006. And if those years don't mean anything to you or you don't know basketball, so 1989 was the Bad Boys Pistons. The Pistons have won three NBA championships, 1989, 1990, and 2004. Rewind and listen to the years that I said Fred was there. He was there for all those. He saw the Bad Boy Pistons, Isaiah Thomas, Bill Lambeer, Dennis Rodman, all of those guys, right? And then he gets the early 2000s, mid-2010s, Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, um, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Just absolutely incredible. So that's my Fred McLeod tribute. That's why he means so much to me and why he means so much to the Cavalier family everywhere. Um, Fred, you're truly going to be missed. Cavs basketball will absolutely never, ever be the same, um, man, it just sucks. It, it, it really does. It's not going to, it's not going to be the same. It's going to take a lot getting used to. And I, I don't think we ever will get used to, you know, no matter how good the new guy is, there never will be another Fred McLeod. There will never be another duo that I love listening to as much as Fred McLeod and Austin Carr. So say a prayer for Fred and his family and uh, everyone that was close to him and hurting from this. Because there's a lot of people, even if they've never met him, or even if they've met him once, like I have, um, it was a very sad and emotional day. And it still is. This is tough, really tough for me to talk about. So 
that's what I have to say about Fred McLeod. Fred, um, you know, I know you won't hear this, but truly, uh, thank you. So, yeah, thank you, Fred McLeod. All right, so that's enough of that. Um, let's talk Bachelor in Paradise. Okay, Kaylee, so welcome. What do you think of the studio? Um, I definitely think it's really messy. Yeah, it is. And it so is. I don't like it. Right. Um, well, that's what you're here for. This is actually, I, I brought you over to talk about Bachelor in Paradise, but really this is just like a home makeover. You're here to help me. Um, I would add some color first. It's yep. a lot of gray and black, which yeah. I don't like. Yeah. My room is very like dusty rose, so it's mm. super cute. Bohemian, you know. Yeah, that's your thing. It is. So, before we get into Bachelor in Paradise, you have a very, uh, very popular, I assume, a very, um, it's just an awesome private snap story, uh, just Kaylee things, it's a hashtag, it's actively, it it's actively trending, so let, I picked up a few topics over the last week or so, I have it right here on my note card, I was just writing some things down, so let's start off, we were talking about your, uh, your recent dating, your romantic life here. So this guy from Harvard, uh-huh. do you, you call him Harvard to me. Do you know his name? Do you just call him Harvard? Does he have a name? He has a name, but it's also the name of my ex. So I tried oh. changing his name to just like a totally separate name. Yeah. And then I started thinking that was his real name. Okay. So <laughs> he okay. has a few names. Okay. It, we'll just call him Harvard for these purposes. So how's that going? Um... I think it's going good. I don't really know because we don't talk a whole lot. Okay. But I like that because I'm really bad at, like, texting. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know because I've only been with him sober twice. Only sober twice? Mm-hmm. How many times intoxicated? Three, and then I guess I called him, too, and tried Venmoing him <laughs> to go to Old yeah, Town so, with me. So, like, that's your thing. Like, when you get drunk, why do you Venmo people? I think because I think that I'm, like, a big baller when, like, I'm actually not right, in college. You're not, no. And I think I was just trying to flex on him. I'm like, you went to Harvard? Well, I have $30 I can throw away. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like that. So that's a power move on your it part. Is. Speaking of... Um, being a big baller. <laughs> you have a big girl job now. You went from intern, assistant, right? To coordinator. Part-time. And now, but see, I, I feel like this is a bad move on your part. Now it's great. You have this full-time position, but you're graduating in December. Mm-hmm. Don't you, like, I feel like knowing you for the time that I have, like, I can't believe you aren't just enjoying this last semester and finishing out part-time and then go full-time once the semester is over well two things i first was scared that they would be like oh well we're gonna hire this person because they could start now and then i'm not gonna have a job when i graduate so uh, that was one reason why i took it (laughs) another reason i've been in this weird little party mood lately so obviously going out on work nights has not been (laughs) an issue for me um and if i have to throw up a few times that's fine yeah, that's right. You're just going to get through it. Yeah. You're like, Puke I want to... Yeah, I'm going to have fun in the moment, and then we'll just figure it out in the morning. later, yeah. Yeah, we'll just figure it out in the morning. Um, you had an interesting dream, and I wrote this down. Normally, this would just kind of go over my head, but I had a very, not a similar dream, but a similar reaction to what happened in my dream. So, you have some tattoos, yeah. and 
you were like crying in the dream and woke up crying because like what happened with your tattoos? Okay, so I forgot that I had obviously given them to myself. I went to a tattoo like parlor and yeah. was like, I want these. But in my dream, I thought I got branded, and one of them is a K. And I was just like, oh my god. And so I woke up crying, and I saw it, and I was like, I'm literally branded. And I didn't, like, exactly remember that I purposely put that on my body. And, yeah, so I thought I got branded. Yeah, mine was, it was, like, really sad, but it was, like, happy sad. It was a combination of, I just think it was, like, a total combination of the stuff I saw on Twitter that day. (laughs) My dream was, like, a mix of military homecomings um, kids sticking up for other kids who are like being bullied and like, and then it like all came together with like a teacher doing something really nice for a student. (laughs) And like, I just woke up and I was just like, like cry. I don't know what was going on. Like that was, I've had dreams like that before. Like they happen sporadically, like where you wake up with the emotion that you had in the dream. Oh, I will have dreams where like someone like does me dirty and then I get so mad at them that whole next day and they're like, hey, yeah. why are you mad? I'm like, well, because you did this to me in my dream and I'm like <laughs> not over it yet and I literally will carry that negative Sometimes emotion on. I've had stuff happen where it's like the middle of the day and it comes back to me and I'm like, did that actually happen? Because it's like so real. Yeah. And especially when it's like real people in your life. I've been having those about work. Literally all the time, and I don't know why. And my boss actually had one. She graduated a few years ago, but she woke up one morning and was freaking out because she thought she still had homework. And no then she way. was like, wait, I've been graduating for, graduated for like five years. Like, I don't have homework. Have you ever had a dream where, like, you maybe can't remember what was said, but you wake up laughing? No. I've had <laughs> two of those. And, like, I can't remember what was said in the dream, and I never, like, fully, like, woke up, but you know you know how, like, as you're starting to wake, like, you're half awake, and you can kind of, like, realize what's going on, or you kind of, like, hear things that are going on around you? Uh-huh. Like, I had that, and I was, like, like, it's, like, cracking up. It was, like, chuckling. Like, you know when you hear a joke, and yeah. you know, like, you're not in the environment to be laughing, so you're trying to hold it in, yeah. and you, you kind of let out a couple laughs you hold it in and then it just like really picks up yeah. like the that has been my experience and I don't know why I think I can't laugh maybe, I'm in my own room maybe you sleep talk and it's just like I, a little extension I've never been of a that. sleep talker though but you're asleep so how do you actually like know right but it would make sense because I'm really funny so <laughs> I'm, I'm making myself laugh so I guess that does make sense now okay yeah <laughs> okay week six part one bachelor in paradise it starts off Dean is back. Mm-hmm. Dean still has the long hair, but he took a big step. And he shaved his mustache. Shaved the mustache. The love and let of me my s- life. Let me say, from a guy that had a mustache at one point, we did it for, it was a special occasion. I didn't just have a mustache just oh, to have a mustache. I hope not. It's very tough to move on from it. Like, this is a bigger deal than people realize for Dean to shave his mustache. I think it was a very significant turning point in him and Kaylin's relationship because it kind of just showed him like evolving and maturing and wanting to like settle down it was symbolic it was a deeper meaning than just shaving a mustache it was like Kaylin like he even said it every time someone gets close to me I just want to run away I'm afraid of opening up whatever Mm -hmm. he comes back shaves the mustache it's symbolic he's like 
listen, I'm not going to be perfect. Like I have a ton of work on to work on. Like obviously we have to work together, but it's like 90% me, like 99% me, but like, I'm willing to do that with you. Like I want to like, let's give ourselves a fighting chance here. Yeah. So then Caitlin's been emotional since we saw her on Colton's season. Very Um, true. So then after Dean basically gave her an ultimatum, he's like, I'm back for you. I'm either leaving with you or I'm leaving without you. I'm not back to pursue anything else. Mm -hmm. This is all or nothing you. I'm all in on you. If not, it sucks. I'm leaving anyways. Mm -hmm. But ever since Dean left, broke her heart on her birthday, all of that stuff, her and Connor were really hitting it off. Yeah. And now Caitlyn's been put in this position. She has an ultimatum. This is very Michael Scott versus Holly when she comes back. That's exactly what was going through my head. And now she has to make a really, well, I don't know. Is it a tough decision? Like, in your head, do you think that's a tough decision? I think it is because I think that, like, if I were in her shoes, I would be, like, very torn because I feel like Connor is very safe. Yes. And treats her well and is very transparent about, like, how he feels. And then Dean is, like, a little bit more of a wild card. Right. But then Kaylin's always like, oh, I like to challenge myself. Right. And I'm like, that's not challenging yourself. That's kind of being stupid. <laughs> it's kind of being really stupid. But also, like, I get it. Right. Yeah, I just... Yeah. It is a tough decision. It's weird. And although it may be, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly what the timeline was, but maybe she knew Dean for what? Maybe somewhere between two and three weeks longer than Connor. And although, like, that's an eternity in paradise mm-hmm. time. In paradise years, right? Yeah. So, like, although it may be not that longer, like, Dean was still the first connection that she had. And, you know, even it's Connor's safer, like you said, 100%. They hit it off well, but Dean has, like, at the end of the day, he just has that leg up. And she really can't Mm -hmm. explain it, but, like, it's obviously very, um, very clear that Dean has the sort of emotional, like, psychological advantage there. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I just think she doesn't think. No, she doesn't. (laughs) Absolutely not. So Connor's frustrated, and when he was talking to her, like... He could have just trashed Dean, Mm -hmm. and some people will think that he was trashing Dean, but he was really making great points. He was calm. He was being respectful and mature about it. He was, but then the frustration started to increase because he realized, like, oh my God, this actually feels like I'm not going to end up with Kaylin here. Yeah. And then once, like, he felt that, like, you could just see, like, his frustration start to rise, and that's when he got, like, pissed, like, he's like, I can't believe he's going to go with this guy. Like, mm-hmm. this is ridiculous. And and that ultimately leads up to Kalen choosing Dean. And making out with him in front of Connor. Yes. I think that's so disrespectful. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, they're in the moment. Yeah, but she also, like, didn't tell Connor that she's going with Dean. That's right. Yeah, she talked to him after. after. It's like, oh, I have to watch this girl that I just had literally minutes ago. Yeah. Make out so my fate has already been. I already know what she's gonna come over and say, and then she's and then you still have to like listen to her. Yeah, that's brutal. If I were Connor, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, don't even talk to me right now. Oh, yeah, he's super mad. So 
And then we were talking as we were watching this earlier tonight. Is they're driving away, and she's just like cuddled up in his arms, and she's just looking out the window. There's no way she wasn't like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Oh, well, shit. yeah, because he's like the nice part about living in is like living in a van is you can just drive and then go take a nap in your bedroom. Yeah. It's like driving in your bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, it's crazy. So, so they leave. They're gone. Happily ever after. We'll see how it's. We'll be following closely on social media. Uh, so now Chris has a date card. So him and Katie go out on the date. Uh, the date the date goes really well, but it really started off like like they they had been good for a while, and then uh-huh. she's like, "I feel like you're throwing up these walls." But we were actually pretty pissed because it went so well. We're like, "This is, where's the drama here?" Yeah. Like Kaylin and Dean, they're gone. No more drama there. Like Connor's gonna get over it, right? You know, another girl's gonna come mm-hmm. in. And then this date looks like we're going to have some fireworks here, but it was really just kind of kind of lame. It went too well. It was very, like, anticlimactic. Yeah. And then, so now, um, Connor starts to break down a little bit. It's really starting to hit him. He's probably had somewhere between a mojito or ten, and... And it's by the end of the day, and Blake comes Blake comes over, and I, I think the only reason Blake came over is because Blake just just kind of like all over the place emotionally yeah. I think he just needed a cry so and he, he like, wanted an excuse yeah so he was just like crying with Connor which really didn't make any sense and he's just like and then Blake Blake even like you could hear it in his voice he's like it's just so messed up man yeah. it's just so messed up it's like Jesus. and this didn't happen to you it's like, like Jesus man get a hold of yourself like yeah. what's going on um and then Rev Ravine Ravina we, 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 I don't even know her real name. No, we're just going to call her Rev. It's okay because Matt Donald doesn't know her and can't <laughs> say her name either. So Rev comes in. Uh, she has a date card, obviously, mm-hmm. and she picks Connor. Makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. there, right? Um, so their, their date, I mean, it, it went well, but, I mean, we'll see how it progresses. I don't think it was like... Sparks. Yeah, no. It went well, um, but maybe that's sort of good. I think he needed it. Yeah. For sure. It was a good pickup. But we see Sparks turn into just a nosedive pretty quick yeah. in Paradise. So maybe if they're more gradual and they st- and they're and they start off a little bit slower, maybe that actually will work to their favor. I don't know something about her. Yeah, no, I just like don't yeah. think they like click. No, hundred percent. And you know, I'm, I'm not saying just just because Sparks didn't fly and it's going to be gradual that it's actually going to work out. Like, I don't know. I, I'm just looking at it of. You know, I'm wanting something to work out for Connor because I like him. I know that we like him. So I'm just like trying to look best case scenario here. But I agree. It doesn't seem like it's going to really take off. I think it's going to kind of flatline here for them, unfortunately. But you know what? I think that's good. I think it's better to like have that happen and figure it out than, you know, take it to the outside when it's rushed or it really shouldn't be a relationship that lasts past paradise. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have some drama with Demi and Christian. Um, Christian's very affectionate, very flirty, not, not shameful at all about, uh, PDA or anything. And I don't want to like speak out of terms here, but it just seems like, and I really don't know her background, but at least compared to Demi, Demi obviously recently came out, right? Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, Demi's not like a huge PDA person, even when, you know, we saw her like on... 
Uh, well, I actually, I don't know that because I feel like when she was with Colton, she was like super aggressive and always like all over him. And she was also all over uh, Derek, right? Yeah. In Paradise. I just feel like... I think it's like a comfort thing. I, I think like so too. It's like the norm and like yes. air quotes. But like... I just feel like Christian has... Um, my, my assumption is that she's been out longer mm-hmm. and she's been... And like you said, she's just more comfortable with this and Demi's still getting used yeah. to it. No, I definitely agree. But also, if I were Demi, just seeing Christian like do that with other girls, like I think I too like might take it in like the wrong way, even if it is like strictly platonic. 100%. It would still bother me, especially since Christian was like mean to Demi about her and like JPJ. Yes. Yeah, that that would throw me off and just the way yeah, 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 De- Demi was and I love Demi. We mm-hmm. love Demi and um yeah, but you know, when they went on their date, they seemed to have really worked it out. Uh, yeah. Their date was kind of odd though. So they were doing like this ceremony thing for the I'm like, "Okay, this is great. This is going to be cool." But then they're speaking in this they're not speaking Eng- English. There's no subtitles. Like they literally could just be speaking nonsense mm-hmm. and just like hateful like whatever towards they them. They could have cursed them. Yeah. They, they could be have. under a curse. It literally reminded me of that Scooby Doo movie when they go to that island. Have you ever seen that? Um, the Spooky Island or oh, whatever it is, the like the re- park one? yes, mm-hmm. that one. Yeah, I'm like something is bad going on here. Yeah, some bad juju. Um, yeah, and then like Christopher was like, "Oh my god, I just love it so much. It's just very, uh, very spiritual, which yeah. I love." I'm like, "You have no idea what the hell they're saying." Yeah. Like, come on, Christian. Uh, whatever. Okay, now this is your favorite part of the episode. Oh, I'm gonna cry. I'm, open up the floor for you. Tell us everything about the John Paul Jones and Taisha Paradise Prom. So Taisha has never been to prom and You relate to this. I relate because I went to prom once, my junior prom, um, but I didn't get asked and I never got asked in high school to any dance because I guess I wasn't cool enough. Whatever. But JPJ asked her to Paradise Prom. And he, like, put on, like, a really cute suit, and she, like, put on, like, this super cute, like, gown, and then he had, like, a little, like, cabana set up with, like, wine and, like, balloons, and then they, they were, the like... the camera, they were yeah, doing, the, like, Polaroid. the whole... Yeah, It was literally so cute, and I wanted to cry. The only thing I didn't like about it was when everyone else joined them, because they all had problems, and Tasha didn't, so I just right. think that should have been her special moment. And they weren't living up to the dress code. No, they were not in dress code. Like, this is, like, this, this is, is formal. Like, it's not it's formal. This is not casual. Exactly. Yeah, no, that was, that was amazing. And I don't think, like, John Paul Jones, unmistakably, is himself at all times. Oh, I but love it. But in that whole five-minute stretch, I don't think we've seen John Paul Jones be more John Paul Jones yeah. than we did. Like, he was really just, he was just himself, Authentic. like, Real. times infinity. It was awesome. I love him. I literally, I love him. Yeah, no, he he was amazing. Um, and then, of course, he goes spiraling down because Blake um, sort of has a crazy moment here. Fake date card. Mm-hmm. He gets this whole pad set up, rose petals, candles, mm-hmm. champagne, everything, right? With Christina. And they're both crazy. I actually kind of think they, like, work out, like, they do, but I think their craziness just, like, 
butts heads. Yeah. But I just like to see them together because like she just, I really don't, honestly, when she talks, I really don't listen to her that much. But just the way that she looks and carries herself, like, it's kind of like a snake in the grass type of vibe no, to me. No, she is 100% a snake. My God. So then we learn on that date that... She doesn't want to be with him. Yes. And she's leaving paradise. Mm-hmm. And Blake, who was once in... Did he have a triangle going? Um, it was pretty close. He had some Hannah G action oh, going yeah. on. And who... He had the friend Rose girl, whoever that... That was Christina. Oh, that was Christina, yeah. So we had that going on, and there could have been... There had oh, been yeah. someone Oh, yeah, it was um with Dylan. Yes, angle. yes, 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 yes. So he had that going on, and now to that, to nothing, and Blake, the squid, has now left paradise. Yeah. I feel like I might miss him a tiny bit, though, because it is entertaining. He was. Watching him freak out and make this huge deal out of honestly nothing. Yes. Yeah, no, that was... Yeah, so, so they're both gone. Um, I just he, feel like who's drama now in Paradise? Right. Like, there's no dramatic yeah. people left. Right, because, like, Hannah G was dramatic for a while, but they've settled in. Like, we, mm-hmm. hardly, we didn't even see her this episode. Uh-uh. Like, we saw her in the intro. Yeah. And then we didn't see her ever since. Like, I think she hugged... Demi before the date. Right. Like, that's yes. it. Yeah, and then Demi and Christian um, worked their stuff out. They seemed good. Mm-hmm. Tasha and JPJ, obviously, super happy. Mm-hmm. But there did look like there's going to be some drama yeah, in this next because episode. because they're changing the rules. Because yes. there's nobody left that is going to make drama. Right. Are, are they done bringing people in now, too? they got to be pretty so. close. Yeah, so it's either put up or shut up time. Yeah, I think they're done. Who do you think, do we have any potentials for for couples that are going to get engaged in paradise, do you think? Um, I think Hannah and Dylan for sure, because he's literally yeah. obsessed with yeah, her. Yeah, he's obsessed with her. Like, since day one. Like, yeah. he probably, like, brought a ring with him. Yeah, and even though he's going to get a, whatever he has, it's going to be a much nicer ring. Still, I'm sure he brought one. Yeah, um, but going back to... Early on to this, Dylan and Hannah G, I was, so I love Dylan. I think Dylan's mm-hmm. so genuine, he's so pure, he's a great guy. Mm-hmm. And I loved Hannah G on Colton season. Like, mm-hmm. I thought she was just delightful. Like, I'm like, I love her. Like, she's beautiful, she just so, seems so sweet, has mm-hmm. that, like, southern charm, right? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if these were just more of her true colors, or if some fame has gone to her head or whatever, or it's just paradise, but, like, I wasn't really, like, about her in Paradise. Oh, I was so annoyed. She, I, I know, and right? I don't know how Dylan, like, stuck around. I would have been so over it. Because like, my thing with Dylan was, I'm like, I hope she doesn't pick Dylan because Dylan, she doesn't deserve Dylan. Yeah. Like, I was, like, I know it would have hurt Dylan in the moment, but I was just like, no, Dylan. He like, deserves someone that is, like, 100% about him. Yes, 100%. But credit to him, like you said, he stuck it out, and as of right now, as we sit here, it, now we haven't seen part two yet, Yeah. but it's worked out. I know, and they're really cute. They are. I really like them. Damn, they are. So so, so you think them, um, what about, do you think there's going to be anything more from Demi and Christian? May, I don't see an engagement, I but, don't think so. but do you think there's going to be any like greater promise? Are they going to come even closer together, do you think? I don't know 
from like the teaser for the second part, it looked like they were having a little bit of drama. Right. But I don't really know what it could be. Right, honestly. we'll see. And then we saw, and it broke our hearts. We're like sick to ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're fr- honestly afraid to watch part two because. I'm going to cry during it. There was some Tasia and JPJ action <laughs> oh. going on. We did not like to see. I know. And I'm, not, and, I'm, and I'm so glad JPJ is kind of like recollected because remember when they had that wedding? Like, yeah, I was and like, he was like freaking out. I was, was like going a little off the like, rails. Oh my god, like, stop. Like, yeah, it was way too much. Yeah. And then he wouldn't shut up about Derek's freaking podcast. I, know. I was like counting. I like ran out of fingers and toes and numbers oh, to count. Imagine if that was a drinking game. You would literally be like yes, blocked in I, five minutes. Yes, I would have died of alcohol poisoning if I took a shot every time he said podcast. Yeah. You just want to get the clout for your freaking podcast. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, that's a, first off, that is offensive to <laughs> podcasters. I'm a podcaster, John Paul Jones. That's very offensive to me. He just but rubbed you the wrong way. He did. I'm like, whoa, JPJ. Like, I <laughs> would have loved to have you on the show, but maybe not anymore because you're just going to talk shit about my podcast, man. But um, no, and then that wedding was so weird. Going back to that, um, Sydney. Okay, so first off, okay, you know so how only certain amount of people got invited back to, like, mm-hmm. the reception. Yeah. Everyone was at the ceremony, but only certain people got back to, to the reception. Now, Sydney has no previous relationship with them, right? Yeah. And remember, she was, like, bitching about how she was, just, like, well, I'm interested. It was Clay, right? No, wasn't it Mike? I think it was. Yeah, because Mike was still around. Because Clay has been with Nicole. Mm, you're right. Like yes, while. yes, yes, yes. The oh, the thing that happened with Clay there was his ex. Angela. Yes, that's what it was. Yes, so it was Mike. And she was just like, I'm interested in this guy. And now, you know, only a certain amount of people of us get to go. I'm like, first off, you're only, the only reason you're at this ceremony, the only reason that, that this is that awesome is because you guys were on this stupid TV show. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you even went to the wedding, to the ceremony... To these people that you don't even know, mm-hmm. like why not in Mexico and it's beautiful? Yeah. Why don't you just be thankful for that instead of bitching about not being able to go to the reception? I'm just like, you know, be thankful for that. Like, what do you think's worse? You not going to the reception because you don't know these people at all, mm-hmm. or me passing out invitations to my birthday party? When I was nine year old, nine years old, to my entire class, boys and girls, and no one showing up. That what, what do you think's worse? Did that happen? That's. So no, I'm sad. just kidding. Oh my god! <laughs> I had her. I had her, ladies oh and gentlemen. Oh my god! That would have been so sad. Were you like, wait, what's going on right now? I was very confused. I was venting. He's like. Wait, why did you bring up the wedding? That was like three, two weeks ago, and, and, and I'm going on about no one coming to my birthday party. Like, Wait, did that actually oh, no. happen? No, it didn't happen. Okay. Most people showed up. Okay. It was fun. My parents, this yeah. is probably why I never got invited to a dance, because clearly I was not cool, but oh, this is so my good. parents tried throwing me a surprise Sweet 16 party, and mm-hmm. I found out about it, and <laughs> they invited the whole I found like the cards or something like in my mom's like drawer I don't know but um they invited my whole class right in high school Uh uh-huh and nobody came except like my close girls okay but then I found out everyone was invited yes that's what it hurts and my mom ordered like literally a hundred cupcakes and I was just so embarrassed and in the moment you're like mom there's, like, 
Why'd you get, why'd you get like, so dude, many cupcakes for six I'm people? Like, seriously, I was like, I'm not that cool. <laughs> like, I get that I'm your kid and like you love me, but mom, you be don't get realistic. it. But mom, you don't get it. Like, you should just follow me to school cool one day. I was not in high school. I really wasn't. I think what it also has to do with is. So I think this is so funny when you were telling me this. So you were, you did like competitive cheer, mm-hmm. which is like super hard. You have to be in super good shape, mm-hmm. like cardio, everything. Right. But, and you had, you have a, had asthma or have <laughs> asthma. And I'd okay. have to run with my inhaler. Yes. Yeah. So, you, so she was fine with you doing that, but you couldn't go and hang out at oh, like I the bonfires. I couldn't go to bonfires because it was going to make my asthma bad when I literally would have yeah. asthma attacks of running and cheer. And then she wonders why you don't get asked to prom and people don't show up I to know. your sweet 16. I know. It's like, sabotaging. It's like, they're like, That's Kaylee, isn't that the asthma girl who can't literally, come to the fires? Literally. Who has to wear the mask? Honest, no. There are times where she was like, Kaylee, you should wear them. And I'm like, no. Mom, stop no. it. Oh it's social geez. suicide. It really yeah. is. And she would talk about my breathing machine. Like, did you just, I, had, did you just need to like sit her down and like have her oh, watch like Mean Girls? Oh, she still is like, Kaylee, don't forget your breathing machine. Don't. And I'm like, I have not had an asthma attack in years. Like, I have my inhaler with me still, but like, I'm fine. Yeah. And she still wants me it's to bring like it everywhere. It's like the people getting ready for, like, the apocalypse or people who live in California getting ready for the big one, the big earthquake. It's just like, we haven't had it in years. Yeah. Like, calm down. Yeah. Like, there, there's no zombie apocalypse coming. But then when it does, there's going to be that person okay, that's like, I told what? you. I told you so. If it's my time, it's my time. I'm not going to argue True. with the universe on that. Very good. Well, Kaylee, this has been really fun. Yeah. I feel like we got a lot <laughs> off our chest. I know, About people really not good. showing up to our birthday parties. Talking about my asthma. Yeah. And we got through, <laughs> this is great therapy. That's also why I have this podcast. That's true. Um, yeah. So this was fun. We'll have to do it again. It was amazing. Terrific. Thank you, Kaylee. Okay, so sorry, everyone. So I promised Kaylee, I totally forgot, and I wanted to work oh. it in and make it organic, right? Make it cool. But we're, we're just going to have to come my out and say it. hurting. So Kaylee was talking about earlier tonight about just like dating troubles and just wanting I just have really bad luck yeah, in you, general. You want to find better guys. So I came up with this take and I've been waiting to like give it out <laughs> to the world. And I think this is a totally untapped market. Oh god. I think what you need to do if you want to find better quality guys, right? And you're moving on, you're going to be graduating soon. We're going to be graduating soon. Mm-hmm. You want to find someone who has a good job, you want to see what you want to see what people have to say about them. You need and people, if they want to find better... If it's like looking on LinkedIn, I already yes. do that. I think people, I think it's an <laughs> untapped market. It doesn't get talked about. And even if you don't slide into the DMs on LinkedIn, like you find their name, right? And people have their first and last name. So you can uh-huh. find them on whatever social media you want to find them on. But you look there first and see what they do and see like what people have endorsed them for or what they've said about them. Okay, but the tricky for? thing about yeah, that what's the is tricky thing? you have to be logged out or else it says Kaylee viewed your profile. But who cares because it looks... Pr- and then, oh, but but and then, then they I see they match up the name. Exactly. Okay. But, so I already do that because but do you, I like but guys... But do you think guys think that's creepy for... I think it would be creepy like I think if you so saw weird. me doing that. But I feel like guys, they're just like, oh, cute girl, whatever. On LinkedIn though, I think that's so weird. And like... 
I already... I, I would appreciate the hustle. Or maybe I'm just desperate. But how would I even, like, find them? Like, search, like, good companies that have people that make a lot of money and then look at who, like, follows them? You could look at certain companies that are around. Um, but I feel like you can just search, like, you know how you get suggest- suggestions, like, on Instagram? Yeah. Like, there's definitely that in LinkedIn. Or maybe you just... Or, or maybe you can even, it's a good follow-up, right? If you meet someone while you're out or you come across it, like, let's and say you see them on... search their LinkedIn. But let's see, let's say you see them on Instagram first and maybe they have a private profile before you want to My give them the fo- follow. Instagram just doesn't even show me guys anymore. Like, it's all girls and, like, home decorations. Hmm. Like, on my Explore feed. You need to change up the algorithm. I know. Well, that's why when I'm on dating apps, if I'm going on a date with them, I always right. like look up their LinkedIn first. But I make I do it on my work computer because like okay. that's a different email, so it oh, doesn't yeah. use like my LinkedIn mm-hmm. one. Can you get onto LinkedIn and look at some stuff without logging in though? You, it's limited to limited. what you can see, okay. so you can see like their job and stuff, but and no real details. I think it depends on their privacy settings. Okay. Okay, so that's just no different than any but other I social like, media. But I just then. like to make sure that their job is real. Right. Because I feel like I'm a very driven person, and I don't like being with people that I feel are not better than me. Yeah. Or at least that won't make you better. Like, like you want to be in a good, like, Like, I motivated... want them to be, like, equal or above. Right. So they have to have a better job than me. Right. <laughs> and it has to be like a real one. And also I have expensive taste and I eventually don't want to work. So if I find the one, I need yeah. to make sure he's going to make a lot of money. True. Because you have an expensive lifestyle. I really do. And you need it to be fulfilled. 100%. And Not I'm going to gonna eventually stop working. So like right. they definitely need to make quite a few figures. Right. But then, you know, you'll establish yourself. You'll make some money. You'll go I on will. The Bachelor. That's true. Right. Make even more money when you come back. And then you that's find true. the one. But that's like fun money. Like that's yeah. like my spending money. Yes. Entertainment dollars. Yeah. I don't want to like pay for bills. Yeah. <laughs> or anything. Yeah. Like expenses. Like yeah. gas. What's that? Honestly, I might just meet up with Dean and live, like, live in his van. Then I but don't but have he to, has like... Kaylin. I don't really think that's going to last. <laughs> So you're just going to go, you're just going to just book it up to Yellowstone and hope he's there. Mm-hmm. And if he's not there, you'll go to the next national park and then you'll check the ocean. Grand Canyon, I've never been there. Yeah, you might run into him there. I might. Yeah. I don't know any other national parks. Speaking of Dean and LinkedIn, I looked up Dean on LinkedIn once. <laughs> okay. Because like, so when he was on, um, who was he on? Rachel's season. Mm-hmm. Like... I forget what it said his job was, but it seemed like he had a pretty good job. So I looked him up on LinkedIn, and, like, he actually had a great job. Yeah, he had to have had, like, before I feel like he wasn't as hippie and, like, earthy. Right, But then, yeah, we never saw that because he had the shorter hair, like, super clean Mm -hmm. cut. And, you know, when I was on LinkedIn, like, there was a ton of, like, people that had worked with him or done business with him. Great stuff. People said awesome things. And then I I think it all kind of went... He's been different. Remember when... They did the hometown, and then his dad kind of went off the deep end. It seems like he said, sort of has a rocky relationship there, and his mother, it was his mom that passed away I or wasn't around anymore. 
something like it that. It was something. Mom wasn't in the picture for whatever reason, and that really kind of hurt. And really just, it seemed like it threw the whole balance of their family off. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really tough for Dean. Not only to just, like, That's probably why have that like happen. That's probably why it's, commitment issues. Right. And then, it, then it's on TV, too, on top of that. Mm-hmm. Like, Dean is such a good guy, and he was super young then. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's still super young. Yeah. But, but, I mean, you know, he's, seen, he's had a few more years' experience. Like, I, you remember, remember when things got a little tough between him and uh, Rachel... And, and, like, he just didn't know what to say, and he just, like, was like, what's your favorite dinosaur? Like, that was his, like, defense. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that that was his first, like, initial reaction to, like, he was just, like, stuck. He's like, I, I don't know what to say. I'm mm-hmm. just going to ask you what your favorite dinosaur is. Mm-hmm. Dean's nomadic and kind of hippie now, but I feel like he's past asking girls what their favorite dinosaur is when, he does, when shit hits the fan. I think he's more just, like, in the moment and... Like you only have one life, so I'm just gonna take go with every the flow. single like opportunity that yeah. you can. Yeah, he's like, I'm just gonna go with the flow. I really want to do this. People are gonna come in and out of my life. Mm-hmm. I get that. I kind of push that stuff away when people get too close, anyways. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it just fits him. But at the end of the day, like I, I really feel like he wants to change at least a little bit because yeah. Caitlin makes him happy, and obviously there's a reason that he came back. Mm-hmm. Because she's enough to make him want to, to put the effort in. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know if he can do it. But, but he wants to try. He's willing to try. I agree. Okay, did we cover everything now? I think so. Okay. Thanks again, Kaylee. You're welcome. Bye again, everyone. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that Bachelor in Paradise recap with my good friend, Kaylee. Now let's go ahead and transition into my complaint of the week. <sighs> Welcome to this week's edition of Complaint of the Week. And as always, the presenting sponsor, my therapist. So my complaint of the week, the Cleveland Browns. I was going to do a Browns recap at the beginning of this, but I did the Fred McLeod uh, tribute in place of that. So I moved the Browns to my complaint of the week. And it's not, and I'm not complaining that they lost by 30. Yeah, it sucks. It was terrible. It was miserable to watch. It ruined my Sunday. Another Sunday in hell. But... Aside from that, what I'm the most disappointed in, what my complaint is about, is the maturity of the Browns team. And this really isn't a surprise. Like I mentioned, rookie head coach, uh, very, very young roster. And the maturity comes from this. Yes, they had a ton of pen- penalties, but like almost half of these penalties, a good, like, like a big chunk of these penalties were like personal foul penalties, the big 15 yarders, the stuff that. You can control just stupid stuff. Um, you know, I look at Miles Garrett got a 15-yard penalty early on. He kind of got tied up with a blocker, and he just totally. And, and if he would have had his fist closed, he would have been ejected from the game. Totally, just open hand right into the helmet of another guy. Yeah, you know what? He's hanging on you, but this is what teams are going to do all year. Tennessee was very smart. They were physical with us. They understood how to get underneath our skin, and they totally played the game, and it worked. And then you look at Greg Robinson trying to kick a guy. I don't care what they do to you. You can't try and kick a guy. And he got ejected, and he absolutely deserved it. And then Jarvis Landry. This was kind of surprising to me after the game. I know he's frustrated. He's emotional. After a big loss, all this hype, you're pissed off. You just got blown out by 30 in the home opener. But when they asked him, and I thought it was a very fair question because you see this around the league. More and more players are playing less and less 
in the preseason, especially if you are a significant part to the team, like Jarvis Landry is. And the question was roughly, you know, Jarvis, you guys were very sloppy today, rusty, you know, looked like there was some timing issues on offense. Obviously, there was a ton of penalties, both offensively and defensively. Do you think that has to do with the lack of um, playing time that the majority of your team had in the preseason? And Jarvis was very annoyed with the question and based and was just like, don't ask me that question. Why? Why not ask that question? Of all the dumb questions that get asked on the field right after a game or in the locker room, I thought this was a very fair question. And for him to be annoyed by that, it just, I didn't like the maturity levels. Now, I, now Jarvis has been nothing but an amazing person on and off the field, appeared the same thing in Miami and now in Cleveland, obviously. Um, but I didn't like this. I didn't think this was the best look. I didn't think it was a good look for him or the team in between those Three things, I mean, the maturity level, I didn't like it. And even if we had won the game, I thought those would be glaring issues and things that I wouldn't like, and and it still would have been my complaint of the week. All right, so that's my complaint of the week. Enjoy this nice, smooth jazz, because that wraps up this episode of the Joseph Orr Podcast. Until next time, rate, review, and subscribe, and enjoy this smooth jazz. (laughs) 